together. We are friends. And we're about to have a conversation. Please don't take us too seriously. All right then. Life is crazy and the least we can do is talk about it. Conversations with friends. Only on The Podcaster. Hi. <laughs> Hello old friend. Hi. <laughs> it's uh, it's been a while since we conversed. Yeah. On conversations with friends. friends. <laughs> that was some heavy eye contact there. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it turned into a standoff very quickly. <laughs> well, well, what's been up? How have you been? Yesterday was a bit hectic for the both of us because uh, we embarked upon an experiment and uh, it was hectic for me i'll tell you why because i'm not used to being monitored and when i know that i'm being monitored you sound like such a brat <laughs> <laughs> well not as a child i mean as like a fully grown 32 year old whoops but it was uh, it was very telling this monitoring just to give everyone context is basically we went and did this experiment to see how much we use our phones during the day this is a precursor to the conversation we're going to have <laughs> um because we're going to be talking today about social media yeah. and being addicted to our phones and the role that all of these new technologies are playing in our lives and um neeja has been very keen to talk about this when i sense it's something that's been bothering her quite a bit <laughs> Yeah, I feel like when all of this started out when social media started out there were all these new um, not even apps right like back then what there were websites where you could yeah. interact with somebody make friends very innocent you know well some not so much but then it was never about who you were as a person and your right. entire life when the heck did it become a place where people could get persecuted if you don't uh, support the same things as somebody else you get judged and it's just become such a toxic place and i think it's also taking away from actual life yeah 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 Yeah, we're going to talk about that. But first let's reveal the results of the experiment. <laughs> so, I downloaded this app called Unlock Clock because while I do not have many of the apps on my phone which help me not use it as much, I do find myself reflexively still opening like unlocking my phone a lot. Yeah. So, my number by the end of the day yesterday was 54. Of you unlocking your yeah. phone? Yeah, no, I can see how that happens because it kind of it's a very subconscious thing, right? I yeah. do that a lot too. Do you ever sometimes just unlock your phone and immediately just put it back? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think also at some point unlock clock is so pretty on the on the phone screen, on the wallpaper that it just it changes the number every time you so unlock. You, you so you unlock. So I feel like one or once or twice I actually unlocked it just to see that happen. <laughs> But it was it, it was pretty telling because Even without shit on my phone, I've unlocked it fifty-four times. You don't have any of the apps. We'll get to that in a bit. So I did this experiment on my iPhone. It's called um, Screen Time. Mm-hmm. So it tells you like what the duration of you using every app is, right. and then it also shows you how long you spent on your phone overall. Mm-hmm. So yesterday, I spent four hours and ten minutes on my phone. Okay. Uh, I spent forty-one minutes on Instagram. Oh, that's not that's not a bad score. It's I've, not. Yeah, I think. it's pretty good. Yeah. I spent 35 minutes on work email. <laughs> wow. Not sure you want to reveal that. Yeah. People might be like, 
wait that's it <laughs> on my phone <laughs> but you know this is why i think this may not be super accurate because mm-hmm. it says i only spent a minute on the phone and i know i spent at least 20 minutes on the phone talking on the phone you mean yeah. okay okay so i don't know how accurate this is but then overall i think it's a pretty decent uh, score and screen usage i agree yeah. i mean the 4 hour thing is a little thing but like your instagram usage is 41 minutes that's impressive <laughs> Yeah, but I don't use Instagram as much as I used to. I'll ah, tell you that. Yeah. Okay. I think you and I have also been uh we're lucky in a way because we've been privy to um the way these apps have grown into such big parts of our lives and become these huge platforms that make so much profit every single year. Um what was the first social networking or social media platform that you ever signed up for? I think it was Orkut, right? Orkut, Orkut? was the first or maybe MySpace. I didn't have either of those because I I was too young and my parents didn't allow mm, me. Yeah. Um Facebook was my first social networking thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> There were also Yahoo chat rooms. I don't know if they yeah. count for anything. <laughs> uh it's a dangerous place kids yeah. don't go on there. I don't think they exist anymore. Mine was Facebook. I opened my account when I was 13. My parents said when you're 13 that's when you can do it. And uh, when did you join one of the big big ones that is still exist now? Facebook, yeah. Instagram. I think Facebook probably when I was about 16, I want to say. And what was it about that platform that is it for me it was because everyone was getting on it and yeah. I wanted to see what it was all about. I saw the people were posting their pictures on it and very quickly I I started craving the validation that you get from being on there. I yeah. think I was getting poked a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I joined it for the exact same reason. Okay. Um a lot of people were joining it and it was sort of like a bigger space for people to get together than Orkut ever was, yeah. right? And that's what excited people in the beginning that the fact that you can now share pictures of yourself, you can sort of give other people a little window into your life, a little peek into the things that you think um aspirational and it was just a place for everyone to appreciate everyone i think validate validate mm. and when you look back at it i mean did you experience facebook the way that you experience instagram now um no i mean i don't think i was ever on facebook for as long as i have been on instagram um i mean just i'm talking about like the time right, spent right, right. on the app or yeah. on the platform somebody would post a picture and then you go like it and then you comment i think i realized very early on probably when i was about 15 16 cuz like i generally have like a predisposition to get a little anxious and things like that and i very quickly recognize the way that these um these platforms were affecting me it's just at that time i don't think i had any will to change the situation for myself i was like yeah i'll just suffer <laughs> when did you first feel like you were being affected by being on these platforms probably instantaneously i think i remember with facebook um it was at the time when i was probably like 15 and then you start like chatting with people pretty regularly and then i would and then the scene feature came so then that would immediately make you like really anxious just for a response and then if you didn't get it you start thinking wait is something wrong why why aren't they responding to me etc and i started realizing very quickly that this is really getting to me like i'm starting to jump to conclusions i'm starting to think things that are probably not true and feel really anxious about it and then i check my phone all the time then i download the app on my phone so that i can like you know like it, tabs. It, yeah i can keep tabs quicker and it just became too much and then um instagram wasn't even me so a friend of mine actually created my account 
for me and uh, she said it's like super fun and I never was very active on it but here's the thing I was never very active on it in terms of like posting a lot of my life on it but even there I started feeling like anxious and weird because of the the inundation of content like you're just like overwhelmed by it all the time and I just couldn't process it any longer so that's when I kind of like snapped like two years ago and I was like enough I just can't do this anymore and the lead up to that had been a, a year or two in the making like I really wanted to figure out a way to get off it but all of these little digital detoxes and stuff weren't working like you can't do like a 20 day challenge and then it's just yeah. done because it's so rooted in your life now like the use of these apps and um, the use of these platforms is so rooted in your life like it's almost central to your life so if you want to get it like take it out it's going to take a lot more than just doing a 20 day detox and that's why it's such an addiction in every real sense of the word yeah, right? because yeah. when you're hit with this wave of content yeah and then that wave recedes yeah you feel like oh this isn't something I want to spend most of my time on and then another wave comes and you're yeah. like oh but give it to me it's so good <laughs> it feels amazing another hit please and you know the funny thing is it doesn't even feel amazing most times most times you're scrolling yeah. either comparing things mm-hmm. or you know you feel like oh why isn't this person validating me or whatever all those negative thoughts that come into your head yeah. but then you just can't look away absolutely it's insane yeah yeah and I think um, it's a really good like time to bring up Social Dilemma which was the 2020 release um, on Netflix yeah. it was a documentary directed by Jeff Orlowski and it featured a lot of first of all it took people by storm audiences because for the first time I think people were really scared <laughs> when they watched it they were like oh my god I actually have to think about this which was great that it had that impact it also featured a lot of huge tech influencers people who have worked on the very technologies that you know are impacting us and influencing us now telling us please be careful (laughs) so like I was telling you before the guy who came up with infinite scroll was talking about you know the impacts of that the very man who programmed the algorithm for YouTube recommendations is recommending recommendation blockers (laughs) saying please don't use it Um, there are people who were like the heads like literally marketing heads at Facebook who switched over saying they don't allow their kids to be on social media So that should give you a pretty good idea that if the very people who are at the center of it, creating it, are deadly scared of like the impact it's going to have on their kids and the future um, generations, then what, you know? I mean, it's great that they're coming out and talking about it, but I feel like it's... Damage is done. (laughs) Damage is already done. Irreversible damage, to be honest. Yeah. I don't think there's any um, way to get out of this rabbit hole. In fact, you're only going to go deeper and deeper with every generation that you know is allowed to be on social on social media, media. Mm. there's something really interesting that i saw some time back is in china a lot of the content is blocked Correct. right as a result of that their children are constantly being educated like their tiktok for example is just educational content Mm. and in some other places i won't name any countries their kids are just getting dumber (laughs) you know because with all the content that's being consumed and the time that's being spent online as opposed to on things that could actually make you a more productive contributing member of society the impact of social media is a lot deeper than you know what we think it is it's not just the surface level of we're spending so much time 
on it no, and it's, it's bad not, for us. Yeah, it yeah. is affecting every single cell of our body. It's making us more lethargic, lazier, more depressed. Vicious. It is most definitely making us more depressed, yeah. more anxious as a collective, as a society. There were again doctors in uh, the documentary talking about how they had never ever seen such a rise in anxiety, depression, and suicidal thoughts. Yeah. Um, than when social media didn't exist as like a major player in students' lives. And some people will argue that this is just a place where people are being more vocal about being depressed and that avenue wasn't there in the past and that's why you see this rise but that's not it at all. No. <laughs> and <laughs> I think that's just something we need to put out there. Like at least I don't believe that's the case. No, of course not. It's yeah. not just about people talking about it. I mean, doctors are experiencing people walk into their clinics all the time so it's not suddenly like, oh no, like this person's feeling it so I must be feeling it too. It's literally your human experience of um, being influenced and at a very, very basic level manipulated by a lot of these platforms. Forms, right, because that is what they are doing. Um, I was telling you about this again. Social dilemma starts with the quote that there are only two industries in this entire world that call their customers users, and one is the pharmaceutical industry, the drug industry, and the second is social media. And it is scary, and that should tell you enough about the kind of impact that um, these platforms have on us. It's very difficult, and that's why I was saying like a simple detox or whatever doesn't work. I don't. I'm not sure if I share the opinion that you know. Uh, it's a little. It's too little, too late. Because the point is that everyone has to take the onus of making the change, but the change is possible. Um, if you, I at least I believe from the you know little things that I've been trying to do to improve the quality of my interactions with these new technologies, that it is possible to change your perspective about the role that they have to play in your life. Um, you were talking about FOMO before and how that's such a big thing. Yeah, it really is. Like. Um, that's the thing. The desire to choose another way of life is diminishing. And you've got to, we have got to capitalize on that little desire, that little thing that's in you saying, I really don't want to do this anymore. And take that and run with it rather than just let the damage be done, which then it will be too little too late. Yeah. yeah. I mean, FOMO is just the fact that it's coined fear of missing out yeah. implies <laughs> that it's something to feel badly about. If scared you... of, yeah. like literally scared. <laughs> and what comes with fear? Anxiety. Yeah. If you declutter your life and yeah. remove things that are not um, having a positive impact on you, yeah. then yes, you are going to feel like you're missing out. But it's not such a bad thing because what you're missing out on mm. is crap, <laughs> which, which <laughs> is all right. What you're missing out on by not being on social media actively constantly is not as bad as the things you're missing out on being on social media constantly and actively. Yeah. It's just that instant dopamine hit, which I completely get. I mean, we're sitting here talking about it, but then I have FOMO every once in a while. Mm. I think this is why it's really important that we're talking about this today is the importance and the effectiveness of minimalism, right? Right. Being happy with less. Right. There's a lot to unpack. Uh, but you read this book by Cal Newport, Digital Minimalism. And it was after I was very taken by the base concept of minimalism in general. <laughs> um, I had watched a documentary called, I think it was the by the minimalists. <laughs> and I was very taken by that and by that way of life and living. And then I was introduced to digital minimalism. And I can never say the word digital properly. Digital, 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 digital. digital. 
digital there's too many eyes in there did g the g is fucking everything up digital digital <laughs> yeah digital <laughs> making the word minimalistic <laughs> being happy with less <laughs> but yeah like i was i was introduced to the concept in the book and like i was saying it was something that i really wanted to do for a long time i had tried you know other things like okay i'm going to set an alarm for this this time to this time and that's the only time i'm going to be on it it doesn't work <laughs> and i read the book and it just completely blew me away halfway into it i did everything that it said to do and i've been really happy with where it's taken me it's not that i'm now now like immune to it like oh my god i so to set the context i don't have any apps on my phone right the only social media or networking app i have on my phone is whatsapp to stay in touch with everybody um i don't have instagram on my phone i have deleted my facebook account it doesn't exist anymore which by the way they try to make that so fucking hard for you that someone will just give up they'll be like leave it bro like i'm not logging in i don't care about this yeah. but they make it so difficult for you because that's how little they want to lose a user one user <laughs> and um so i deleted my facebook account i don't have any other apps on my phone um and it has helped a great deal in terms of preserving my energy conserving my resources my emotional resources and actually allowing me to feel things in real time rather than distract myself constantly that was something that really stuck out to me is that whenever we have an emotion when people like in our parents generation when they were upset about something not to say that they're all emotionally well balanced human beings yeah. <laughs> but like i'm sure like we have our fair share of adults who are you know not emotionally healthy but when you were upset you dealt with it when you were angry you at least learned how to deal with it or acknowledge it when you were going through heartbreak you figured out ways to move on in our generation and this is specifically from personal experience whenever i felt anything remotely negative right my first instinct would be to distract myself and i was like i don't have to deal with this and the damage that that does to your emotional growth and the way that it stunts your ability your, yeah. to grow and deal with shit in life was something i felt immensely so now when i feel something and i unlock my phone reflexively i don't have an outlet to distract myself i actually have to go ahead and write or talk about it or confront it or You're reflect you're forced to deal yeah yeah which is life <laughs> i mean not growing emotionally not being able to have conversations with people these are the very i mean that's the very fabric of human life like yeah. we are social beings and being online all the time is preventing us from doing that very thing the idea with digital minimalism again and i, I think it's really important to state that it's not shitting on the wonderful things that technology has brought into our lives being able to connect with old long lost friends or being able to create community all of those kinds of things it is just simply analyzing the pros of all of that versus the cons of all of it but the question remains can we have the pros without the cons because right. once you open that door it's all going to come flooding in but i think the problem there is when big tech isn't concerned with that they're not concerned with creating community they're concerned with making money yeah. and when that became so like for example uh cal newport talks about you know the whole thing about addiction and stuff he says the tycoons of social media have to stop pretending that they're friendly nerd gods building a better world and admit that they're just tobacco farmers in t-shirts selling an addictive product to children because let's face it checking your likes is the new smoking earlier in the beginning facebook was so basic like you said you could poke someone you could like a picture and whatever if that was all it stayed 
ads then fine but it slowly became a marketing mega machine right and all of a sudden it's selling you things constantly this was another thing that really bothered me was i couldn't go online for one second and not be sold something and the 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 corollary of that is that I suddenly felt like I didn't have a single thought that was my own because I could talk about something and the next day it would show up. Mm-hmm. I could literally I would feel like I'm thinking about something and an hour later it's going to show up on my screen. Yeah, or even the other way around, you feel like your brain is being constantly fed things because yes. it's telling you what you should be consuming and what you should be seeing yeah. and the ideas you're meant to be supporting and then yeah. soon you realize you're just a walking parrot of Facebook. Yeah. Like you're just saying things that you read somewhere and you're like, "Wait, did I act actually feel this way or feel this way you're so right yeah and it's like who are you as a person right again people will talk about you know no but it's great because you're exposed to so many new thoughts but are they really new because the algorithm is basically defining has already defined the boundaries of who you are as a person and is feeding you content that is only going to stay within those boundaries when are you going to see something that is diametrically opposite to what you believe or feel and actually be forced to deal with that the fact that I know that I can barely have a healthy conversation with so many people about anything um, and this isn't because they can't have it it's because I can't have it I don't feel like I'm equipped these days to have a healthy conversation without it just going to shit because someone didn't say or mirror the exact same thing that I was feeling or thinking and it is those very inabilities that make made me feel so hindered um as a human being <laughs> that i was yeah. like this can't be it this really cannot be it not to mention and i will say this point blank i feel like the quality of relationships deteriorates that is one thing that i've been able to see really clearly i don't feel like we pay attention to each other anymore no we don't because no. we only see what we want to see mm-hmm. and that is a mirror image of you the interesting thing is you know like you said having diametrically opposite opinions in real time would have been okay mm-hmm. but now because of what it's done to us and what it's done to our brains we are unable to ha- accept another opinion without losing our shit yeah. and that's what <laughs> and that's something that the a cloak of social media allows you right it allows you to be nasty it allows you to yeah. call people out in the most toxic way possible when yeah. in real life you would have never i mean if you grew up in real time having these conversations you would never react that way yeah. you would never call somebody you know the things that you call them just because they have one different opinion than yours about one theme and subject in life like you would you wouldn't do that it's that's absolutely true and i also feel this way about just attention in general like you know some of the most fulfilling human experiences are when you've spent time with someone and you've really spent that time with them and you know like you were paying attention to them and they were paying attention to you it feels great it feels fulfilling and when you walk away from that it is something that you carry with you for the rest of your life the ability to focus on something even now like i can't read as fast as i could before i can't pay attention to something that is maybe not interesting me immediately um the way that i could before because it has changed something about my my ability to pay attention so if a conversation is immediately uninteresting to me yeah. it's just done like it's a full stop and i've stopped listening and i can i can see that sort of glassy eyed look in people when they're talking to me as well so it's just bizarre i think i tuned out of social media like a few years ago okay and that's why i have such i wouldn't say strong opinions but such 
you know sorrowful <laughs> opinions about the state of things right now because nothing that i see on social media affects me anymore you say that you need to voice out certain opinions to be a good person you say that you know if you don't um say something about this then you don't care it just doesn't affect me because i know mm-hmm. that is not true and i won't say this about everyone but you know there are some people that are performing and that sort of showiness of it all is what has really made me fall out of love with the entire thing you yeah. know social media because i genuinely it's very performative to, it's very performative yeah. and i used to enjoy it so much i used to love talking to people and you know love putting up like music or just doing things that it's meant for which yeah. is just enjoyment every once in a while yeah and it doesn't have to go down to your beliefs and your thoughts and your ideologies because those are conversations to be had in a different setting that's absolutely true and it's conversations that require a lot more emotional intelligence than we will be equipped with if we uh, make social media a central part of our lives because that's that uh, social media is all about taking sides <laughs> it's not about having conversations. I think the other thing that really I'm sure bothers a lot of people is um is the mental health impact that it has, you know, when it comes to why didn't this person like it? Why did I not get a notification? Why didn't this person respond? Those kinds of things can really rewire your brain in a way that are that damage is immeasurable. It doesn't even show up immediately. Yeah. It shows up 5 years after you've been dealing and with it. And the way big tech companies are tackling that is by hiding likes or hiding comments. Yeah. Not showing you dislikes, yeah. making you even more ill-equipped to deal yeah. with real life. Exactly, essentially. Because the truth is that someone could not like you. Yeah. The truth is that someone could think that you could have taken a better picture, <laughs> and um, <laughs> maybe you should be okay with that. And it's really sad to see that, like the potential for crumbling now is just so. It's scary, right? Yeah. It's really scary, and I think. Yeah, that's why I don't have any apps on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've been off of Instagram and Facebook for quite some time now, right? Like what it's been So, just so I deleted my Facebook account. In any case, I wasn't using it cuz that company can really <laughs> So I deleted that account. You know what? I want to know, do you feel like you're losing out on anything yeah. having disposed of these apps? The only thing I feel that way about uh unfortunately sometimes is Instagram. So with Instagram I still have both of my accounts. I do a lot of other music stuff and I need to keep tabs on, you know, just culture releases all of those kinds of things. And yeah, so I do log in, but that's the, that's the thing is I don't have the app on my phone, so it's not reflexive just go click it constantly scroll. Now if I want to do it, if I need to log on, I need to do it with a lot of intention, with a lot of awareness and I need to use the desktop app it's a lot <laughs> in comparison to just clicking on the app and then it just shows up you know shows you whatever when i go on there now even now i'm not going to lie like i'm not immune to like you know feeling a twinge here and there or seeing like or missing a story that someone mentioned me in those kinds of things like it does still give me and the fact that when i log on there's like backlogs of where my friends are sharing memes and then i'm responding to everything like a month later two months later yeah and 
to be quite honest i don't care like it doesn't matter to me anymore because if i want to stay in touch with a person i'm calling them i'm talking to them i'm saying hey like how how's it going and i know a lot to their of- utter surprise wait <laughs> aren't you on instagram exactly <laughs> but that is the thing it's like oh wait you're not on instagram yeah. and so how do i get in touch with you and it's like you can pick up the phone and call me anytime i'm willing to talk i'd really love to have a conversation with you actually for like an hour long <laughs> but instead of sending me me and i know that that's a way of conversing and a way of also showing your love for a person but again when you sent me all of those memes i laughed a little bit but when we had that conversation i caught up with you i found out how you're really doing the things that are bothering you and that's to me a quality friendship that's a quality interaction and those are the kind of interactions that i live for that enrich my life and i think this probably also like articulates what you were saying really well which is that minimalists don't mind missing out on small things what worries them much more is diminishing the large things they already know for sure make a good life good the pros of that instant dopamine hit is minimal compared to the actual hit of a fulfilling friendship and i think it also makes you a lazier friend just the fact the bare that minimum the bare minimum <laughs> this just the knowledge of okay i've sent a few memes i'm keeping up my job going. here is yeah. done <laughs> no i mean it requires a bit more effort and um, it was really interesting actually um in digital minimalism cal newport talks about how social media has completely annihilated the art of conversation which is so true because for a lot of people now you know they'll meet someone like i i they don't know how to hold a conversation but do any of us yeah. really yeah. <laughs> do we know how to hold a conversation i think you and i are lucky it's part of our job so it's something <laughs> we have to stay in touch with all the time um it's incredible to me that it's so true and it's crazy because you'll see kids now right who are incapable of going up and talking to someone i think kids now are terrified of yeah. silence yeah they they're are. terrified so much so that if you're having a conversation and god forbid there's a pause mm-hmm. you have to immediately reach for your phone because what are you going to do for those 3 seconds when you're not like saying anything absolutely it's a crippling fear it just cripples your ability to exist in the company of somebody you know without the pressure and of- also be comfortable with silence it's the constant stimulation like this like we were talking about that content flood right so digital minimalism as a concept is not about abandoning like you see for example i haven't deactivated my instagram account it's still very much there so if i want to interact with it it's just about doing these things with awareness and attention portion control yeah <laughs> the app version again he asks a very very fundamental question right why are you on instagram oh it helps me keep up with pop culture and oh it helps me keep up with all of the latest news in politics and this and that people will have all kinds of responses i used to be on instagram a lot of the time so i could keep up with my favorite bands and the content that's coming out from them now he says so you're on instagram because you're getting one influencer a day who's sending you recommendations of books to read wouldn't that time be a lot better spent if you actually joined a book club every single week and you had real life interactions with people is there something in real life that is stopping you from getting what you're getting online and if that the answer to that question is wait no then you have to reassess the way that you're living your life and spending your time on social media because if i want to keep up with pop culture what do i do now now that i'm not on instagram all the time i google things and i google things that i'm genuinely interested in yeah otherwise it's like 
was I ever really interested in this? My life is perfectly fine not knowing what BTS ate for lunch on a Monday afternoon. I used to think that it would be the end of the world for me if I didn't know that information. <laughs> but now I'm like, hey, it's okay. And if something is important enough, it's going to reach you anyway, yeah. right? I think I was talking to you about this Steve Jobs, yeah. right? <laughs> he he was known for leading a very minimalistic life where he didn't have, he barely had any furniture in his house. He wore like one outfit every single day. And he's talked about how it just means lesser time searching for something or cleaning something. Yeah, <laughs> it makes and life a lot more efficient. Efficient and silver bullet. It also eventually shows you that you don't need it anymore. Absolutely. And again, I will admit it's not like, you know, off social media I'm spending my time productively. That productively <laughs> also. I'm still watching all the trashy reality TV I was watching before and, you know, wasting time quite often. But I have found that the quality of my time with people has changed drastically and that I seek that very intentionally now. That I feel so lost when I don't have quality interactions with people. I think you should just start calling them out. <laughs> hey, Hey, look here. <laughs> look look here. at me. <laughs> Looky here. Get off your phone. Um, but no, that and I feel like that is something I feel so lost without those things now that it's it re- like to me, it's just a revelation of what really matters. And so now I have more direction in chasing that. So I think to conclude, <laughs> to conclude, get off your fucking phone, <laughs> <laughs> read Digital Minimalism. I honestly believe like this is one book that completely changed the way that I, a big part of my life. So this is one book that I will always recommend. It's something I feel very passionately about as well. Yeah, we all need to just go outside and experience the world for what it is. Actually, if we open our eyes, it's quite a nice one outside. Yeah. Just have to. See. <laughs> Pass the screen. Pass the screen. See past the screen. Boy, <laughs> get off your phone! <laughs> so, this conversation unpacked a lot, mostly how Nirja and I just don't vibe with our phones and social media anymore. But this conversations with friends is not just about how we feel. You know, if you're of a similar inclination and want to start practicing little habits that can help you be a digital minimalist, so to speak, um, there are some things that you can try, action items, if you will. So we thought we'd actually list them down to make them more accessible. So the first thing you can do and we're starting off really simple if you still want to use social media because you're just not ready to give up them dopamine hits (laughs) um, but you also want to do it in moderation what you can try to do is uninstall the apps from your phone and make it so that you can only log in on the desktop this was really useful for me in the initial days of trying to be a digital minimalist and fun fact desktop versions of our favorite apps are just built differently and offer limited features so if reels are taking away hours of your time and you just don't want to be in that position anymore, bid adieu with this hack and save a lot of time. And that brings us to the second thing. We're all familiar with the rabbit hole. Watching one video and being recommended 25 more just like that one and all of a sudden, poof, Three hours have gone by. It's the same thing with ads too, right? You come across one ad and then just keep browsing, sometimes making purchases and then spending money you never intended to spend in the first place. You know, they say time is money and Instagram for me has taken away both. (laughs) So all in all, it's an undesirable situation to be in to say the least. So as much as you can, browse on incognito or use a more basic search engine, one that doesn't track your digital footprint and, you know, then tailor every search result to your digital persona and then voila, you'll be free to to a large extent from hyper-customized content that keeps you locked onto the screen 24-7. 
And finally, we're getting a little hardcore with this one. But if you're up for the challenge, why not, right? It's all about trying new things. Uninstall all social media apps from your phone for 30 days. In that time, keep a journal or a record where you track how you feel, what you think you're missing out on, what you are actually missing out on, your epiphanies, whatever whatever comes your way and then by the end of it you will have a much clearer idea of why you need to be engaging with certain apps or why you need to be off them you're going to find new ways of using these apps and also be a lot more intentional about the usage and that's half the job done anyway isn't it (laughs) so there you go that's some action items for you my fellow hopeful digital minimalists adios this has been a conversations with friends on the podcaster Powered by Timber Media.